On this episode of AV Week, Peerless AV gets an ISO certification for environmental sustainability. Zoomtopia has come and gone. Zoomtopia 2020, the latest release is coming out of that. And Teams gets NDI. All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week, episode 478, recorded Friday, October 16th, 2020. The Zoom platform. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Atlas IED, innovative audio solutions for every business environment, and by FSR. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host with us to discuss the news and information we have gathered this week. Uh, are actually two of my hosts of, of, of other shows. They didn't plan it that way, but hey, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to have it. So first and foremost, uh, we'll start with the, uh, the, the veteran uh, podcast uh, host, Mr. Steve Greenblatt from Control Concepts. Welcome, sir. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Absolutely. And Steve hosts our State of Control uh, program, looks at control automation. Also with us is uh, Frank Patakala. Welcome, sir. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And Frank uh, has just recently taken over. Uh, we used to call it the ITAV show when I did it because I didn't know anything about IT. And some could argue I don't know anything about AV. Uh, but Frank has is, uh, is, is adjusted that to call it the IT factor, still kind of looks at the IT segment uh, as well as AV. So thank you guys so, both so much. Um, this week was an interesting week. It was a busy week, actually. Uh, not only did Stamp- formerly Stampede Exertus uh, now here in, in North America have their... Um, event, but also Zoomtopia uh, took place. Uh, Zoomtopia 2020, obviously virtual. I shouldn't say that at this point, but obviously virtual. Uh, a number of, of um, product announcements, uh, adjustments, and, and new initiatives. Uh, one of the interesting things was, was kind of seeing some of those behind-the-scenes photos of how Zoom was actually doing it. Um, CEO Eric Wan uh, was in a, a, a studio, green screen. Uh, he had several monitors to look at, depending on who he brought on, including, you know, um, uh, Mark Cuban uh, and a number of other guests. So, Frank, I want to start with you. I've got a couple that, that I, I, uh, I kind of honed in on and, and thought were, were unique. Uh, but from your perspective, uh, what do you see coming down the pipeline from Zoom uh, based on Zoomtopia? So as a first-time attendee of uh, Zoomtopia, I got to say it was quite the experience. Uh, the they had quite the array of speakers. I wasn't obviously able to attend the whole thing. I tried to do it in bits and pieces, which I think is a advantage to people who are busy at this time of the year. And the one thing that really stood out for me was the end-to-end encryption. I'm I'm really impressed about that because that is something that is critical in this day and age. And the fact that they can ensure that level of encryption with whatever number of participants, I think the limit was 100 callers or something, correct me if I'm wrong, but to able to offer encryption at that level is critical. And I think that's, it shows Zoom's commitment to mainstreaming this and to take it to all kinds of levels. You know, when Zoom started off many years ago, it may have been pigeonholed to become uh, to be seen as a, a conferencing solution, but I think they've they've gone way beyond that. I like to call them a platform. You know, it, they are probably the digital equivalent of Cat Six at this point, and that is thoroughly impressive for me and from a from a security and IT perspective. 
That's also quite a statement too. I mean, that that's you know, they, yes, they, I, I'll agree with that. They're a platform, and we'll talk about why I think that in a second. But uh, the digital version of Cat Six is is quite the statement, Frank. Yeah, because uh, they're uh, they have cool apps coming along. Their their SDK is impressive. One thing that stood out, and I'm going to go back to that Twitter thread from a couple of weeks ago where we were arguing if salespeople should be allowed to do uh, site surveys, and I'm going to respond to that with the MyTech. Uh, solution. It's actually a, an app-based solution with a Google Glass integration. Basically, you can wear it and you can live uh, using inter an internet, uh, uh, I think it's Wi-Fi based. You're able to conference in a team of people and at the same time with normal voice commands like show them what I'm seeing or let me see them statements like that, and you're able to actually visualize people and they're able to see what you're seeing. Trust me, it's a game changer for a lot of these installations. I mean, if the, if the current climate persists for longer in which we're not able to mobilize large teams to go on site and what limited resources are going to our, our construction, our implementation sites, tools like this can be critical in making sure that we have technical resources in the background able to visualize and see and problem solve. I mean, it's a game changer. Things like that, little little things, things that we've always had on our wish list. We we talk among each other and say, "I wish there was a, a, an app that did this." Yeah. I've, I'm I'm seeing Zoom able to make those dreams come through. Well, it's Zoom and the platform they're allowing for other innovators to come in and you know expand upon them. So I think that's that's amazing. All right, Mr. Greenblatt, uh, same kind of question. What did you see come out of Zoomtopia this week? Well, I'll agree uh, with Frank, to what Frank's saying in terms of the platform idea. And, and uh, what I, I think the biggest statement is, is that Zoom's not going to rest on their laurels. They're, they're going to continue to innovate. They're going to continue to move forward. And they're not going to just offer the, uh, the, the basic conferencing solution. They're going to give you something that becomes a tool and, and is going to be something that, that companies invest in. And I think that right now, of course, we're seeing it become uh, uh, Zoom being a term and Zoom, you know, people joke around a lot about Zoom and you see Zoom used in the media and in schools and so on and so forth. But Zoom is going to really be probably a foundation product that businesses are going to build around. And, and it's likely going to be it, it, you know, in addition to adding more tools to to use Zoom, because so so for example, we use Zoom phone and Zoom video, and that's a start. And we use Slack for our messaging collaboration. I I would envision that that's going to be something that gets built into a Zoom platform moving forward, if it isn't already, and and more more of that type type of a centerpiece of of a business operation. Um, and also, what this says to me too is that we're you know, that this whole idea of the of a hybrid life is probably going to to be the case. You know, we're 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 now going to leverage the fact that we can do more from being where we are versus being in, in person and not to say that it's going to replace being in person, but it's going to augment being in person to Frank's point about being able to send somebody somewhere and say, show me what you're seeing. Uh, you know, I, I think that that would be a great way. I mean, we, we've talked about in the past, how do you remotely diagnose a problem rather than having to go out to a job site? I mean, that, that this is a great tool for something like that. And, and I think that there's going to be a lot more to come. Absolutely. And, and to build on Frank's point about a platform, there's a couple things that, that they, they released. Number one is called Zaps. That is the Zoom app store. Yes, Zoom is getting an app store. 
Um, and Mr. Greenblatt just kind of uh, gave them a use case. He says that he uses Zoom for video communications and Slack for um, network or for, for um, communication and, and kind of chat between his employees. There's an app for that inside the Zoom uh, platform. You can bring in Slack. You can bring in Asana. You can bring in a number of, of, of other applications to kind of you know live inside the, the, the Zoom platform. The other apps, apps um, part of that is what they're calling immersive scenes. Now, the, the, the three kind of examples they gave, um, and you'll have to, you can Google this or use, utilize the, the link on the, on the episode page here, but um, one is the classroom, right? And it's very similar to Teams, uh, the Teams uh, look and feel where you have the, the teacher up in the upper right-hand corner and all of the, the students are in virtual desks, right? Okay, we've seen that. The two, though, that really got me, one was the, um, the courtroom where you have a judge, he, the, the judge, it's a female judge, judge was, she was front and center and she was kind of like at the, at the head of a, of a uh, organizational chart. And then below the judge, you had the, the lawyers for the defense and for the prosecution. And you had the um, defendants and then the prosecution. And then you had the jurors, right? All of them are kind of, you know, um, positioned throughout the, the space. Instead of the instead of the the um, the uh, Brady Bunch look uh, that our gallery view will, will give us to us now, uh, and you can you can you can customize them. So I, I think that you're gonna see, you're gonna see honestly, quite frankly, programs like this one and, and other folks uh, utilize this. And and you know I'm not quite sure what what uh, the the specs are, but we'll get our marketing team and our, our creative folks on it. And I don't know, maybe I'll put you two on a couch and I'll sit behind a desk like Johnny Carson and because I'm that old. So uh, yeah, that was the other part of this. And then the other part is, is something called on zoom, uh, which is a way for instructors, yoga teachers, uh, cookings, cooking classes. They, they, they were giving demos of uh, a way for those folks to kind of generate revenue. Uh, you can buy a ticket, a virtual ticket, and be given access to a specific time uh, and place to have a, a virtual class or a virtual session with someone. Um, and if you go to on Zoom, you go to Zoom's website and go to the on Zoom, they have free ones uh, and they have ones that you can, you can pay money for. So that'll, you know, again, back to Frank's point about this becoming a platform. It certainly, it certainly is, or at least that's the where, where Zoom is, is looks like they're heading. So. Uh, next story actually comes to us from our friends over at AV Magazine. NDI is getting integrated into Microsoft Teams. Not that they make this show entirely about UC. Trust me, the, the last show, story has nothing to do with unified communications. Uh, NDI is getting integrated into Microsoft Teams, according to the announcement. Um, from NDI, the addition of NDI to, to Teams, quote unquote, allows for versatile video workflows through a Teams meeting. As a result of the integration, the video feed of Teams meetings uh, participants Share, the screen sharing feed and the together mode will all be available for use uh, with each team's uh, caller separated out as an NDI source to be added to any production. Ms. Greenblatt, we'll start with you. And just so folks are under, understand what NDI is, uh, NDI came to us from our friends over at uh, New Tech, uh, the, the creators of the TriCaster and the versions of that on. Uh, but quite frankly, it's video over network, right? And you are able to bring in a camera feed as a you know a, a networked camera feed so in other words it lives on the network you can bring that into a virtual environment as a virtual input that's kind of what teams has done here is they've said hey you know what you're on the network we're on the network let's all kind of get together 
So as we're looking at this, Steve, as you know, it looks like it's another iteration, another add-on for enhancing virtual production, right? Enhancing the virtual experience. What else do we see coming down the pipeline, either from the state, the team standpoint or, or the NDI standpoint? Well, I like the, excuse me, the idea of supporting more creativity and being able to, to you know, allow you to have the flexibility of, of bringing in different types of sources and having interconnectivity and, and, ha and, and making teams native almost with some of these products. Uh, and, and I think that that's, that's what the, the NDI solution provides. Um, the, it, it seems to me like, like uh, it, it, this is a big advancement for being able to do more mobile broadcasts probably uh, and, and also providing more, more smaller companies being to be able to do big productions. Uh, you know, I, I, I think for virtual events, it's going to be huge, something like this. If, um, it, you know, even if you or you're able to, uh, you know, set up your, your own studio, similar to what we have here, as you said, you know, you, you, you can now bring, bring in different camera angles or, or being able to, to do special effects potentially, uh, and, and enhance the experience. No. Frank, Frank, uh, give me your two cents on this because I, it, if you're if you're not familiar with this, and not you, the the, the audience, ninety percent of the time, if you're trying to bring in an, a a video feed, a commercial or a professional video feed, uh, that's not a webcam, right? It's not a, a USB connected webcam. You're looking at some sort of converter, uh, and I've got a couple of my favorites. If you want to know mine, email me. I'm not you know this is, I'm not going to you know give folks you know um, one way or the other, but um, there are ways to convert both SDI as well as HDMI into a single USB um, stream. You can also combine several HDMIs into a single you know, USB stream and use that as, as kind of a switcher. This gives you the ability, though, granted, understanding that you have to have, there is bandwidth limitations here, but virtually as many cameras as you want, right, into your system based on you know as long as you have an ip address and that sucker's on the network you can bring it in as as an input what does this do i mean not only for you know steve and i were talking the the virtual events but also for education right um for corporate meetings you know what does this do and, and how how big of a jump is this not just for ndi but also for teams i before we uh, i'd like before i answer your question i just have to say uh it's impressive the amount of R&D these folks are putting in to come out with these solutions. It is no. spectacular. Now, I've always been a fan of NDI. I'm a fan of all AV over IP solutions. I'm kind of like the, the AV version of AV over IP Beetlejuice. I mean, you say AV over IP anywhere on the socials, I'm somehow going to jump in because I just, I love this concept. Because the thing is, what I love about any over IP or network-based or PC-based solution for that matter is that we're leveraging something that's readily accessible to a whole lot of people. Yeah. And what that does is, like Steve said, there's creativity out there. And sometimes creativity is stifled by, you know, by, by your infrastructure. You don't have the resources. You can't exactly afford a broadcast camera. You can't exactly afford a switcher. You want to do these things by yourself. You don't have a you don't have the money to pay for a team. And this particular solution, and I'm going to dive into it because I actually went quite deep into looking at how it works. I am it's, shocked. It's 
<laughs> I mean, it is, it's amazing. It's something as simple as an admin enabling a, a toggle on your team's platform saying you have now you have the NDI output. And once you enable that, if you, there are other NDI devices on your network, they're able to see each of your streams. So at this point, if we were doing this call on Teams, there would be three separate streams coming in as video feeds and they also bring in the together mode and it's all and the audio is embedded into it what that does to an individual or a, a person wanting to do a production style event alone is that with the few clicks of a mouse button he's able to do your you know your broadcast quality swipes your your transitions your effects just bringing in that broadcast quality effects to a common platform to everyday use. And that's, that's amazing. The options, the, the, the ability to expand upon this is limitless and it's, it's, and it's a great integration. I mean, new tech has pioneered a lot of great solutions with their, with their NDI platform. It's, it is a standard among the other thousands of standards currently existing. But the thing that they have done is that they have, again, partnered up with teams, making sure that their solution is now you know, has a platform to go upon. It goes back to our previous conversation about Zoom and how they've enabled the SDK and their app stores to, you know, to enhance itself as a platform by enabling people to play on that platform. It's like opening up a huge stadium and saying, hey, this is open. You guys can come in. And why don't you guys do a concert here? And the next guy comes in and says, I don't want to do a concert. I want to do a, a, a you know, a, a, a motivational speaking event. And the next guy comes in and says, I want to do stand up." And the next guy says, I want to do drama here. So the options are limitless with the way they've implemented their solutions. And it also speaks to the fact that you can go as big or as small as you want. You can you can have this and make it a manned event with like a, a team of people doing a broadcast, or you can actually do a pretty nifty setup with an like as an individual. And that mainstream effect, I think this is what we're looking forward to. You see platforms like Teams and Zoom are taking the tools available to AV professionals like us, integrating it into their platform and saying, okay, you guys do whatever you want. Right. It also puts a question mark on a lot of these box based solutions, the codecs, the, the systems that we have that we use and that you're so used to. And it says, well, you don't really need that. You have all you need is a PC, right? Or you, all you need is a network. All you need is a network suite. They, they have translated something that used to be elite, so to speak, and put it down to the common man's plate and said, have at it, do what you want with it. Yeah, absolutely. The one one question, and this is more rhetorical, and, and either of you can answer this or not, neither of you. What kind of advantage does this give Teams over Zoom? Because well, let's be frank, that, that t- Z- Zoom does not have this ability right now, right? Not yet, not uh, yet anyway. Well, <laughs> not yet. Uh, that My first thought when I saw the article was not yet. I mean, yet. I'm sure Zoom's considering their options here because this is this is uh, this is right up Zoom's alley. I mean, it's it's something they're they're potentially looking at. I mean, I, I, I can't speak for Zoom, but I'd love to think that they are currently envisioning a process where it's simplified to this level. And to respond to your question on how does it help Teams over them is that now you've taken, now Teams is kind of like the upgrade and it was the next level evolution of Skype, right? And what kind of uh, was a deterrent to Skype users was that it's, how do, when you say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a call on Skype or we're gonna do it over Skype, 
that's just what it is. It's just a communication platform. But Teams elevates that. It's able to, you know, put your workflow in place. It's able to bring in your, your team, so to speak. And your corporate organization is now reliant on a, on a platform. And by including broadcast quality video and audio, Teams has identified that people are doing this. You know, we are not, we're, we're tired of the regular webcam with the, with the fuzzy video. We need quality stuff. I mean, we've seen enough of that. We'd like to hear good audio. We'd like to hear good, we'd like to see good video. We'd like to see people, you know, not as boxes. You know, a lot of things that we complain about, Teams has seen that and they're saying, all right, this is a way you can, you know, you can make your, you can take your sessions to the next level. Absolutely. All right, guys. Uh, last story here actually comes to us from our friends over at uh, AV Network. Um, we'll talk about them in a second. We're doing a, a, an event with them. Uh, but Peerless AV has earned the ISO ISO 14001-2015 Environmental Management System uh, implementation, implementation and Certification. What this means is that Peerless, uh, from a production standpoint and a manufacturing standpoint, uh, have uh, adhered to certain standards that does a number of things, including protecting the environment um, and enhancing environmental performance and reducing the environmental footprint. Frank, I'll start with you on this. What is this? What does does this does in today's day and age in 2020? Are we still looking at this as a, a mark um, and a reason to do business with someone, or is this something where you know we just kind of expect people that are already already doing this or? Are our businesses still expected to make sure that they're doing uh, right by the environment? So I absolutely think people are looking at it and I can speak to it from the perspective of somebody who is, uh, say I'm a job seeker, say I'm a person looking for a job, say I'm a, uh, a person on the other side of the fence, not particularly a client. Um, this is a huge fact. What it shows to me, and not just the ISO 14,000 uh, series of certifications or the 9001, which Peerless apparently also has. So, you know, shout out to them. And the reason I'm going to talk about this is because in a previous life, I did have a lot of experience doing this. I did help a company set up their first ISO certification. And I can tell you, it's a pain. So for to start off, to say that a company actually went through the process of getting certified it shows their commitment to ensuring that their product has a certain level of quality. And in this case, a certain level of environmental awareness attached to it. And again, maybe on, a, on an everyday basis when we're communicating with people, they might not see it as a huge concern, but I personally am a huge, huge believer that environmental awareness and you know implementing things that are uh, environmental friendly are in fact beneficial to an organization. And not to say that this means that they're going crazy and, you know, they're, you know, counting the number of plastic bags coming into their facility and, you know, making sure that they're just, it, that's not exactly what it is. It just says that they have a process in place for any potential environmental related questions and they've documented it and they have a system by which they can, uh, enhance themselves. That's what a quality management system is. People shouldn't misunderstand having a, an ISO certification to thinking, oh, these guys are the best. 
I'm not saying that Peerless has does not have quality products. Their products are have an amazing quality attached to it, but it just shows that they have a continual process of improving themselves. In this case, yeah. with respect to the environment or quality, whatever it is, they have a process in place. It's documented. They will, of course, there will be scenarios where their documentation falls uh, apart and they don't have the answer to how am I going to dispose of this particular thing or how am I going to do this according to the standard. But that's what the standard is. It says that when you have an, a particular issue that's not covered by it, this is what you do. It gives you a sort of a standard to go back to and say, with a set of questions, does this do this? Yes. Does it do this? No. Okay. This is what you probably should be doing with it and document it. And so it's a, it's a, it's sort of like, and Steve will attest to the programming approach to this. Like that's what programmers, quality programmers, when they write code, they write 10 lines of code and Obviously, it never ends at 10 lines of code because the customer then comes and says, hey, can you tweak this a little bit? They don't throw away their 10 lines of code. They improve upon it. They, they better it. And they make sure that the next time this comes around, they have a process in place. So it's, it's a continual process, like a well-written program that can self-replicate uh, you know, and grow to give you a standard solution. In this case, environmental-friendly solutions. Yeah, absolutely. Steve, you and I, you know, you know, been around enough manufacturers uh, in, in our lives and, and during this time and in this economic challenge, is sustainability not just a, a good, you know, good for the environment, it's good as a corporate, to be a good corporate citizen, but also from the, for the bottom line, right? Looking at this and making sure that you are maintaining a sustainable environment, uh, both economically, but also from a, a, a corporate citizenship standpoint. Well, the, to, to your point, the, the one thing that I was going to point out is, is that it's a, it's a great differentiator. And, yeah. and I think, uh, as Frank said, um, especially the, the younger generations, they're, they're, they like to support a cause, too. And I think that there, there's going to be a little bit of, um, uh, of connectivity with a company that, that has a similar belief system. And, and I, I think all the things that Frank said would certainly lead to a stronger company. And um, wh you know, whether it's trying to improve your quality or improve your environmental uh, behavior or your, or your responsibility, you're, you're, what you're doing is, is you're committing to having a certain level of, of standards or, or level of, of, um, of, 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 of quality product. Um, and, and I think that all of these things, because of the processes involved in trying and having to go through them, nothing is going to be done haphazardly or, or rogue or is, and, and it's probably going to catch a lot of mistakes and, and just make everybody that much better, much more aware. And, and so the, so the company in itself, they, they may have spent a lot of money um, trying to, to get to this point or even cost them money to do this. But, but in the end, they, they're likely going to be producing a better quality product and having uh, a, a better operation to to be able to 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 address their their clients and 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 have uh, some the you know both marketability and and also um, probably efficiency. Very good. That'll be a good place to stop it. Thank you both so much, Frank Patakala. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. And how do people get a hold of you? Uh, you can reach me at Twitter. It's uh, Frank Patakala. I'm there on LinkedIn and. If you are a fan of IT shows, please follow my podcast. It's called IT Factor in my home base at AV Nation. All right, very good. Uh, and Mr. Greenblatt, thank you, sir. 
Thank you. Glad to be here. Always good to see everybody. Uh, you can reach me at Steve Greenblatt on social media. Uh, Frank and I are on AV and the AM very often. So that's how we've gotten to know each other and uh, encourage people to join that conversation on Sunday mornings. Um, uh, company Control Concepts at controlconcepts.net. And also, uh, if you're interested in having and learning more about uh, AV programming, control, automation, join Rich Fergoza and I at State of Control at avnation.tv. All right, very good. Uh, for us, for AV Nation, um, don't follow me on the Twitters, uh, but go by the website, avnation.tv. That's avnation.tv. You will find this program, a host of others, including these two hosts. So, you know, if you like what Frank had to say, uh, follow him and, and, and listen and watch the IT Factor. Um, the first episode he did was really good. The second one, I think, is my favorite just because you had some really great people. Not that the folks from Fraunhofer was not very nice, <laughs> but I don't know them. <laughs> I knew everybody that was on the second episode. Uh, so check them out. And then, uh, you know, Steve's show, which is, you know, close to my heart as being a former programmer. So uh, control, uh, control, state of control as well. Um, also, while you're there, check out our, our, uh, our, our, our underwriters. These are the folks who help us financially, help us bring you AV Week and State of Control and IT Factor and all the others. Uh, also, um, we are partnering up with our friends over at Future uh, System Contractors News, uh, AV Technology Magazine, a bunch of other folks from the uh, AV Network uh, website. It's called AV Network Nation. AV Network and AV Nation, you put them together and that's what you get. Uh, AVN2, AVN to the power of two. Uh, but AV Network Nation is the, is the website. December 10th, we're getting together. Uh, actually, Frank's joining me on a, on a session there. Uh, talking about AV over IP. Uh, Megan Dutt is doing a couple. Uh, I'm doing another one on networked audio. Um, our buddies from Q Division um, are, are coming in and doing a keynote. So all sorts of really great stuff. You can check that out and register for that now uh, all the way up through December 10th. So check that, that out at AV Network Nation. So that is all the time we have for uh, AV Week. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. Again, that's all the time we have for AV Week. <laughs>